Hey there, and welcome back to the show. This is Brett, and you are listening to Holistic Health Masterclass Podcast. Uh, right, before we hop into today's uh, show, just a couple of things. Um, the first one is that I have a webinar, a live webinar coming up uh, May 16th, and uh, this is in partnership with the Institute of Holistic Nutrition. They're actually hosting it, and I'll be presenting. Uh, this is, uh, the title of that webinar is called Gut and infections in clinical practice and uh, I got some really cool info to share uh, with regards to um, infections, functional lab testing, uh, recognizing certain patterns, talking about biofilms and uh, some new sort of thinking and understanding around how we approach infections and how we um, approach the sort of microbiome as a whole. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. Um, registration is totally free and again that's happening uh, on this coming Monday. Um, that'll be May the 16th. Uh, so you can just click on the show notes. You're going to have to go through to the website and uh, you can register yourself there. Um, also know that our autoimmune masterclass is on demand. Uh, we've had amazing feedback from people that have taken that. And that is really, uh, if, you, if you suffer from autoimmune disease um, or if you're a practitioner that is working with autoimmune disease in your clinic, um, you definitely want to take that it'll give you a really solid framework on uh, how to approach um, autoimmune disease no matter what type of autoimmune disease it is uh, we get into the strategies we talk about the five root causes of almost all autoimmune disease and how you can uh, detect these things and, and sort of work with them and then also some novel things uh, like mycotoxins molds and uh, so forth. Uh, there's a bunch of handouts and downloads that go with that as well. Um, so if you want to check that out, uh, you can click on the show notes once again. And that is an on-demand uh, instant access masterclass. So you can uh, check that out if you're interested. Okay, and uh, just a quick word from our two sponsors. Uh, the first one is Energy Bits, uh, Blue Green Algae, uh, amazing company, amazing products, uh, super nutrient dense, high quality uh, blue green algae. So they have a chlorella, they've got spirulina, and then they have their combination product, uh, which is obviously chlorella and spirulina together. Uh, I am actually going to be releasing a podcast very, very shortly. I just recorded it um, with Catherine Arnston from Energy Bits, and there's some amazing new information coming out on on the power of spirulina with regards to mitochondrial health. So uh, definitely stay tuned and subscribe to the show if you're not a subscriber so that you don't miss that. And if you can go to energybits.com and uh, you can enter the coupon code masterclass, all one word, and uh, you are entitled to 20% of all orders. So not first orders, uh, not one-time deal. That is from here on out, 20% off all of your orders. And our second show sponsor is Airstech. Uh, EMF protection devices. Uh, I actually use these uh, devices in my own home. 
Um, I have a cell phone protector, I've got a space protector and a personal protector as well. And they've done some incredible research on their products. And if you go to their website, again, just click on the show notes and you'll see a link there. Um, you can actually click through that link and they've got some really cool videos um, and, and studies done by neuroscientists uh, to show how their devices actually protect your brain and your head from uh, cell phone radiation. So uh, always good to see um, actual studies being done on this type of stuff and uh, you are entitled to 25% uh, discount on products and bundles again you can use the coupon code masterclass all one word um, or you can simply click on the link um, down in the show notes so that is airstech uh, emf protection devices Right, so on to today's show. Uh, my guest today is uh, Rini Cavallari, and she is the author of the book Head Trash, and uh, she's also a uh, corporate coach for Shifting Behavior. Um, I'll just read the summary of the book here. So in this book, Rini teaches you how to stop questioning yourself and dump your head trash for less anxiety, bigger potential, and a better quality of life. Filled with practical strategies and heartwarming true stories, this is your inspirational self-improvement guide to master the little taunting voices in your mind that doubt your goals, shame your leadership, and weaken your personal power. We discuss a lot of things. I had a great time talking with her, and um, as you know, regular listeners to the show will know, um, I'm really wanting to move us into this place where we can figure out how to sort of get out of our own way, reach our highest potential um, on all levels. So not just physical health, but also mental health, emotional health and spiritual health. And in this, we cover some topics and I'll, I'll just read a few of them. Uh, we talk about, um, first of all, what is head trash? Uh, we talk about mental imprints from the past and negative self-talk, subconscious programming. We talk about um, how to operate from our connected side uh, versus our disconnected side. Uh, we touch on the impact of information overload and some of the negative information, you know, no shortage of that these days uh, that's actually coming in through our senses and maybe how to navigate that a little bit better. Um, she arms us with some amazing tools to uh, really navigate life better, to help us to take back our personal power. And it's not just about us uh, as individuals and sort of self-reflection. We also talk a little bit about how to sort of identify some of these um, uh, character traits, if you will, in others. And by identifying what these character traits are and understanding them a little bit more in uh, maybe loved ones, uh, work relationships, um, and so forth, we are actually in a better position to uh, work through things with them right from our own uh, standpoint so uh, you can uh, go and once again just check out the show notes there's a bunch of links in there uh, but you can go and get that book and uh, you can click through onto Rini's website and the book's website um, so a fantastic discussion um, and I hope that you find it um, as uplifting as I did um, conducting this interview and having this conversation um, and uh, yeah I think um, that's about it so as always if you enjoy the show please consider subscribing leaving us a review um, sharing this with your friends, your family, your community. And um, yeah, thank you for tuning in. And without further delay, here is Rini Cavallari. Rini, welcome to Holistic Health Masterclass Podcast. It's great to meet you and to have you on the show. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you so much, Brett. 
Um, so, uh, obviously, I would have done an intro um, leading into this, so people will have a sense of your background and bio and, and whatnot. But uh, aside from being an author, um, you are also, uh, you have a history in the sort of business world as a coach and mindset coach and all that sort of stuff. Um, I always like to ask people, you know, because you have an interesting background, you know, author, coach, and, you know, different worlds in a sense. But you also have a personal story in terms of how you actually came into um, the space. So I don't know if we want to start there and, and maybe just share um, a little bit of your journey and, and how you came to be uh, where you are today. Well, I'm, I'm actually a working class kid from Philly, uh, went off to college and got lucky and got a great job out of college and did the corporate climb. And I had this wonderful opportunity to become a partner in a firm, which was very unusual. It was about 28 years ago. And, um, and I realized that I didn't want to do what I was doing, that I was on a path that others had kind of led me on um, because it was the way you did things back then. And I walked away from a partnership and decided I want to just do the things I love to do and started a firm called Aspire, powered by Aspire. And we um, have grown over the years. We're global and we actually work with teams in the area of cultural alignment and how do you um, develop people so that your business actually aspires as well as your people. And obviously, when we feel good about our work, we stay in our work. Um, so there's retention strategies that go with that. My actual background was a strategist. Hmm. So over the years, the books have really been about our findings, having worked with real humans. I don't have a PhD. I have, I have a PhD in life. <laughs> working with real humans, um, being an entrepreneur of many businesses, and, and what it really took to help people um, aspire and then also live to their real their highest potential. Hmm. Um, and quite fascinating, really. Um, and obviously, today, what we want to talk about is we want to talk about your uh, latest book, which is called Head Trash. And, um, you know, I've, I've made a couple of notes, and uh, I'm just trying to f figure out where to start. And perhaps why don't we just start off with a definition of what exactly is head trash to you? And then we can kind of go from there. Well, head trash, that's those nasty little voices that undermine you. They get like keep you up at night. They look at things from a more dark place and they can suck your energy. They absolutely uh, limit your potential they, and they also steal joy from you. And I, I remember, you know, like the, the quick story is, you know, I was at the beach and I was, you know, walking in the water and there was someone out there and they were, you know, jumping around and, and I could hear the sound of Jaws, you know, the movie, mm -hmm. dun, 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 dun. and that impacted me in so many ways. You know, part of it was the imprint that I'd seen someone drown very, very early in my life. And I had my own fears about that, that I had never really dealt with. And then that movie like set me off. And so I, I had this kind of self-talk that really undermined my experience as it related to just going to the beach and enjoying the water. You know, I remain a beach person. I love a boat, but I'm not a big scuba diver. You know, it just yeah, yeah. doesn't rock my world. So it's those nasty little voices that would then undermine me. Um, and I had to learn how to deal with them. So could could we then say that these are sort of these uh, maybe subconscious programming in a sense? Um, 
you know, I, I think about it, you know, you bring up the beach and Jaws and all that sort of stuff. And I have a similar story with uh, dogs, right? So for whatever reason, um, when I was young, I have very, very faint memories of it all, but I got attacked by a dog. I must have been mm. five or six years old. It wasn't super crazy. Um, I remember some of the visuals and that sort of thing. But ever since then, you know, I kind of realized as an adult that all of a sudden um, I was very nervous around dogs. It didn't matter how big they were, how small they were. Um, they could be super friendly. And even now, I've sort of got this like innate, um, I, I wouldn't call it fear because I don't think I'm afraid. I'm just very wary around them. And what I've noticed is one of my children has that as well, and they've never, ever been attacked by a dog, which which is quite interesting. Um, and the way I would explain that, um, and maybe you can elaborate on, on that, is, you know, it's almost like these things get etched in our mind, and then we that is the default um, reaction or the way that we respond to certain things from then on out, right? Even th Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. So... What, you know, actually what Aspire does is we shift human behavior. That's what we do with corporations. And what we came to understand is that to help someone perform, there were three components that made someone competent. There was mindset, skill set, and process set. And what you're describing is part of the mindset issue. And we identified it as every human being. We have a physical brain that we know like operates our, you know, makes us breathe, our heart pumps, et cetera. But we also have an emotional brain. And in the emotional brain, there are two sides, the connected side and the disconnected side. And in life, when we have an event, something happens, it imprints us. And it goes either to the connected side, which is positivity, joy, um, our mm. ability to solve problems, to collaborate, to create. All of those really are power side of our brain. And then our other side of our brain is the disconnected side. And so that experience with that dog actually is an imprint that landed on that disconnected side and triggered fear or feelings of anxiety. And in that disconnected side, we, we can't find the solution. We only feel the problem. And we look at things and, and more critically, we uh, worry there. We have varying degrees of fear in that disconnected side. And that's where when, when you know, you may have an experience. So I had a dog experience too. Okay. And, and, and initially I had challenges with dogs and then I got one. And when I got the dog and started to understand and connect to the dog, I started to connect to other dogs and it, it actually shifted me out of it. And so we can change the imprints of our life by changing the way we look at them because we feel the way we think and how we experiencing them is really the behaviors that we then take on. So that anxiety that you feel is a natural anxiety because you have fear. And it could have been something because, you know, the thing about our children is they sense our energy as much yeah, as our yeah. words and actions. They can sense those things. And I look at my own daughter and, you know, she is so, she worries so much about performance. And I just go, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure this is genetic. I might have just imprinted this all over you that, you know, how you perform, how you live your life each day really defines the quality of your life. And maybe it was too much. So we really have to look at what are the imprints in our life and how do we see the world? Because that's then how we, we experience life. And we want to live on the connected side of our emotional brain.
And that makes total sense. And I mean, do, do you feel being in that space, do you feel like nowadays um, people have more head trash than, than, than before? I mean, I just think about, I don't know, if we went back to biblical times, for example, I mean, there's, there's now been uh, analogies done where, you know, today you could read the Sunday Times, for example, and have absorbed as much information as someone in biblical times would have absorbed in their entire life. And so, you know, just when you put those two things together, do you feel like people just have more and more and more head trash? And does that accumulate as we go through life? Well, I, I would say in biblical times, they might have had more fears about, you know, other animals things. Yeah. and other things. So, so I'm not really sure. I, what I can speak from my own personal experience and what I've seen working with leaders around the globe is that the pressures of the last handful of years have been pretty insurmountable. And so when we have all these heavy decisions that had to be made, there we, you know, we had to make decisions on our personal life, in our business lives. We, you know, I, you know, Aspire was 25 years old when COVID hit. Mm. And it was the first time I had ever laid anyone off. And it just wiped me out. It, yeah. It broke me as much as it hurt other people. And we certainly did it, you know, with this, with the integrity that, you know, we wanted to, but we were hurting people's lives and their families and it, it hurt me inside. And so as we experienced all those changes in COVID, um, the lockdown and our, you know, not being able to, to communicate and commune with other people, mm. which is a natural human instinct, and that we were stuck in you know small spaces and and we couldn't see each other's expressions. There, there was so many things going on, and then on top of that, media and social media became such an important component of our survival, and it wasn't all positive. And you know, life is not all positive, and but we do need to to balance you know, how much negativity we're taking in. And I think all of that really contributed to a, a, a real epidemic of head trash. And we didn't have the tools. And that's really what head trash is about. The book is about the, giving you the tools to shift out of that disconnected side. Because when you learn how to do that, then all of a sudden you navigate life better. You can't eliminate the, the mm. problems of life. You have to find ways to live within them. And when we learn that, you know, there are ways to do that, then we change and we take back our personal power. And I think that's the thing that started with COVID and, and our separation of people and the anger that is also, you know, really aggression has grown is that when we take back our personal power, then we can experience life a lot differently. Yeah. And I want to come back to some of those solutions because I know you have some really um, some good good solutions in the book. And one of the things that I love about the book is, you know, it's sort of a, there's there's that personal sort of story that's woven in um, throughout. But you also have, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of almost like a textbook um, in, in addition to uh, just sharing knowledge and information and your experiences. Um, it is a bit of a handbook or a textbook that gives you some actionable uh, tools. So we'll we'll get to that in a second. Now, um, in the book, you talk about the four big lies. Um, so perhaps we can dig into that and uh, maybe just start giving people some framework to kind of work with all the stuff. Yes. Yeah, so, well, what's important to understand is that for us to shift out of the disconnected side, we have to own it, shift it, and dump it. And there's a number of ways to shift it. And one of those ways is to understand what your big trigger is. And over these past 20 years, we identified 
what is the big trigger that we're dealing with when we're shifting human behavior, which by the way, is about change. You know, training or learning is about shifting human behavior. We do something different because we know something better or we strive to know something better. And so for us to be optimally effective with people, we started to say, okay, so what are we seeing that are really the things that, the one thing that holds someone back? And we identified these four big lies. We each only have one. You don't okay, have more cool. than one. All right. And so, and, and you, so you, when you understand your big lie, you can then own it and, and manage the trigger around it. So the first big lie is I must be right. And remember, this only lives on the disconnected side of your emotional brain. When you're on the connected side of your emotional brain, you don't have any of that head trash or things that are sucking your energy and, and controlling you. So the I must be right, they tend to, when they are in the disconnected side, they can be very aggressive about being right. They're absolutely right. They need data to shift. Um, and they can be um, uh, very uh, uh, stubborn when yes. they're in that I must be right phase. The second is I must never lose. And the I must never lose person really, um, when they are losing, uh, let's just say they're poor losers. It's not just about winning. They power through and they're going, there's dead bodies everywhere. They are inconsiderate when they're, they're hyper-focused on, I can't lose. I just can't lose. And so they'll push and push and push. And they don't realize that they're pushing is a lot of, of, of people around them aren't, you know, it's not a great experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and by the way, actually, none of these are good. It's not like one is better than the other. Uh, and then there is the third big lie that we identify that is that everyone must love me. And these are the love bugs. They can tend to use emotion over logic. So they, okay. when they're in that disconnected side, it's all emotional. If they feel disconnected from a person, it's death for them. Like it just, it just breaks them because and tough love is too tough. So okay. they move through this need for hyper connection when they're on that disconnected side. You know, I'm, I'm all about connection in mm. my life, but when I'm on the disconnected side, I, I don't go to, I got to connect. I, uh, you know, my personal one is I must never lose dead bodies everywhere. I have to be, be careful of myself. And then the fourth is I must always feel comfortable. And these are uh, people where, you know, if, if they're in the disconnected side and, and you're pushing them to make a quick decision, they don't feel comfortable with that. Um, they want to think through things when they're in their disconnected side really thoroughly. They have to feel comfortable to proceed. So change, worse yet, chaos is a really difficult time for them. They don't move quick. Like the, I must never lose is going, okay, maybe too quick. Where mm. the, I must feel comfortable, really agonizes over what is, the, what is best here? How will everyone feel? And then, uh, you know, sometimes they have to get to a place of, absolute on being so uncomfortable that they go postal and they blow huh. and that's when they lose it. So when, but please understand uh, that it's all in the disconnected side of your emotional brain. And actually there's a test that you can take and it'll give you a quick response. It's free at dumpheadtrash.com. And you just go to resources and there's all kinds of resources there and you can take that test. 
Okay. And uh, you know, that all makes sense. I mean, there's there's a lot to pull out there. Um, I would imagine as well the uh, the third one that you listed, I mean, th- these are would probably be the people pleasers as well. Uh, maybe people that have poor boundaries and um, will just uh, bend over backwards for the acceptance um, from others. Is that is that a fair analogy or... Uh, yes, and you have to remember it's in the in the disconnected side that this happens. So for me, I'm a total people pleaser. Mm. I love to people please, but I'm on the connected side of my emotional brain. Right. So it's that they have to stay connected. The the pleasing of people is is just painstaking for them. They have to please when they're in the disconnected side. So someone gets upset with them, and they will do anything to right. just keep that peace and to stay connected and, and, and trigger that sense of love for themselves, that, that everyone must love me. It's yeah. important that, you know, but I feel all of those things on my connected side. It's where you go when it hits the fan. That's what it is. Um, and that's when you take that test. The assessment is about you must be in the disconnected side of your emotional brain. It doesn't work. None of it applies to the connected side. And what's beautiful is that when you understand yourself uh, and then other people, like in an organization, we utilize this tool because then I can support you. I can go to where you are. So when I'm in that I must never lose mode, the people around me on my team literally say, so how can I help you win? Right. And it starts to get me to the right side. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, then that kind of brings me into the next thing, um, which is. I would imagine understanding this about someone else would help you to relate better to that person. Um, whether you're, I mean, I know that your focus is obviously on organizations and businesses and stuff like that, but I, I'm assuming it would apply to any sort of team, whether it's a team sport, whether it's a relationship or anything like that. And, you know, because what I see anyway is, um, you know, people are very much focused on themselves, right? So it's all about how how am I responding or how am I feeling or how is the situation going to affect me, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I, I, I don't think many people stop and sort of go, hey, how is this other person? What is their default sort of mode of operation or, or what have you? So I don't know if you want to speak any more to that, because I would imagine it's very powerful once you understand this and implement it. So you're absolutely correct. We started studying this for businesses and to help the dynamics of, of human beings on teams, but it it really it just applies everywhere. And so you know, the other night I was I was you know cooking, and my husband Armand came in, and he is an I must be comfortable. And by the way, he's not comfortable with being an I must be comfortable. He's told me many <laughs> times that. He, you know, and so he took the test, and he, you know, he's like, no, I'm a I must never lose. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And that's the other thing. You never want to tell someone what they are. It's, it's there to help shift them. So anyway, and because sometimes we inadvertently throw someone into the disconnected side. So he came into the kitchen and he was talking to me and he started working on something. And I'm like, no, I, I, I would like to do this. And I was kind of in a, you know, like my own headspace. And I threw him into the disconnected side. He's like, fine, no problem, right? We've all been there. Mm. And I watched him walk out and I'm thinking, I just threw the man I love into the disconnected side of his emotional brain. I need to go clean that up because he was, he, I just made him uncomfortable. And so then I came in and I could just say, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry, honey. I didn't mean, 
you know, I, I, I didn't mean, I was just trying to get a little bit of quiet time space. It has nothing to do with you. Please accept my apology. And he's like, no problem, babe. Because I dealt with it right away. I didn't allow it to escalate. That, you know, he always interrupts me. I'm not quite ready. You know, I just got out from work. Like, you know how we pile up. Yep. And so when being aware that I, you know, threw him into the disconnected side, he was uncomfortable and he kind of rattled, you know, and then instead of making it about him, I could reflect and go, what about this one did I create? And two, how do I clean it up? And when we learn this, and when we learn this about our children, and, you know, I, you know, the universe's big joke, Brett, is that, you know, I have, I must be comfortables all around me. And, <laughs> and so my daughter Bella is, and I must be comfortable. And if I move too fast on certain things, like let's do, it feels overwhelming. Well, overwhelming is on the disconnected side. So what we have to understand as humans and why this is so important is that we throw each other into the disconnected side, our loved ones or the people that we work beside. Why would we do that? We just do it unconsciously. And the goal really is how can we help each other live on the connected side of our emotional brain and aggression and, you know, these things that we're experiencing in the world right now are throwing us into that disconnected side. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, I mean, really what I get from all of that is is it's just raising our consciousness, really, and, and being conscious of our own behavior. And uh, I got to say, I mean, it takes a lot of effort and uh, you do have to actually pay attention to how you're conducting yourself. And, uh, you know, if I was speaking to my younger self, um, for sure, they were, I mean, just unconscious to some degree anyway, um, where, yeah, you're just operating on autopilot in a sense. And uh, what I love about a lot of this new information and new science and people like yourself who, who have really been working on this for so long is that we're starting to now, um, we're starting to understand more about this. And we're, we're actually, we can empower other people and we can teach them how to shift and how to actually live a better life, um, not just for themselves, you know, because I think relationships are super important. And, um, you know, I've, I've been divorced once and uh, I've definitely, you know, from the relationship side of things, I've had some bad relationships. And I feel like now, um, you know, being more conscious about that. And, and it's funny, some of the things you said, I mean, totally remind me of my wife, where um, I don't know where she would be, but for sure. Um, you know, anytime you try and load too much or, or change too quickly for her, she's like, whoa, 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 slow down. You know, for me, I can change, chop and change really quickly. Um, so it's interesting like that. And and they both have their, their, their positives and negatives, right? I mean, sometimes it's not good to shift too quickly because you don't think things through. Sometimes you need to shift quickly um, if there's danger or whatever the case. Um, but something you said um, a minute ago was the whole idea of children. Now, obviously, a lot of what we just said, you know, this head trash kind of fills up and fills up and fills up um, as we go through life. But um, is there a way that we can identify some of these, uh, the, the big four lies with children? Like these, is, is that possible? Well, I think, it, I, I think that, uh, well, first of all, anyone can take the test now. If they're right. super young, you know, I, I would, I think that if we just observe hmm. and, and when we observe when our when a child is in their disconnected side, you know? So I remember with, with my daughter, Bella, very early on, I came to understand that patterns that she, when she had a certain pattern that she could anticipate. So we traveled a lot 
Mm-hmm. Um, we, I'm, I'm like curious about the world. I have a, I have a wanderlust problem. <laughs> it's a very big problem and it's a beautiful problem. But so I, we were on planes a lot. And um, when I had a pattern of how she would be in a plane and that this happened and then that happened, she felt very comfortable. But when there was a lot of chaos, and I'm not speaking just when she was little, like when they're very little, they're all, they need patterns because everything is uncomfortable when you're little. But right. as she got to be six and seven years old, it was, uh, there was a pattern of how we traveled, a pattern of when we got on the airplane, what she set out, how she set it, and it really worked great for her. Now, I have a niece that that pattern would make her nuts. It's not right. And she, she would feel like, it, you know, no, this isn't the right way to do it. It's not the right way. So she was more of an I must be right. And so you would say, so how, and that, that's the other thing that we strive to talk about in the book is what are the things that you can do and the questions you can ask so that if someone gets thrown into the disconnected side, how can you decrease that negative energy? And we call this decreasing emotional stress. Because when we decrease emotional stress, we all gain clarity. And clarity is that neutral line. So imagine you have an arrow going down with emotional stress. You have an arrow going across that's clarity. And when we get clarity now, an arrow going up, we can take productive action. Mm. So when we're in the disconnected side, we just react. But when we're in the connected side, so how we shift is how do we decrease that emotional stress? so that we can gain that clarity and take the productive action. And we've identified in the book a number of ways to decrease emotional stress. And that's that cornerstone of you must own it first. Because when you're aware that you're up here and this emotional stress is too high, that's where anxiety, burnout, which Mm. is really not dealing with head trash over a long period of time, is feelings of emotional exhaustion, feelings of not being able to achieve, um, uh, noticing a lack of empathy. These are all things that you know. even the World Health Organization has identified is burnout is a major issue that is, you know, occurred through, you know, for, you know, mm. decades and decades. It's not a new thing, but the escalation of our world and our experiences over the last two years has really increased burnout. Yeah. And I, I, I and I want to touch on that in a minute and kind of segue into that. But I love um, the whole idea of, of um, sort of getting the emotions under control, I think is huge. Um, I've certainly observed that in my own personal life, just with young children, you know, they push your buttons, right? And uh, that's just what they do. And uh, when things I mean, yesterday, for example, get home from school from daycare, and it's like, this one wants a snack, this one needs this, this one wants to do that right now, and everything's happening right now, to the point where I couldn't even get my coat off, you know, and I'm just running around right. doing all this stuff. And yeah, so things got a little bit um, tense, and uh, <laughs> my, my son especially has a very strong will, and so he will uh, he will stand his ground. And so we've learned with him, you know, the same thing that you were saying with the patterns, uh, is just to try and de-escalate things a little bit and try and calm things down and then talk it through. And it seems to be working much better because, um, you know, something else you said, the whole idea of owning something. I think for a lot of people, we we don't want to own it because it's almost like we would be admitting defeats of some kind. Um, and, you know, it's it's this whole idea of other people doing things to me 
or it's their right. fault or, or stuff like that, right? And then that way I don't have to own it, right? Because I didn't do anything wrong. Um, but as soon as you own it, you have to humble yourself and say, well, okay, you know, I was uh, a little whatever and um, we can move beyond that. So I, I love that. I love everything you're talking about. But I want to come back to this whole idea of, of feeling burnt out because, um, I mean, look, I don't think anyone would argue with us that the world is seeing massive burnout, um, you know, on, on a scale like we've never seen before. Um, you mentioned a few minutes ago uh, some of the signs and symptoms. I don't know if we want to go over those again. Um, how would, you know, because I think a lot of people say, I feel burned out, right? It's easy right. to just say, I'm burned out. What does that really mean? Like, is, are there technical criteria? Are there, are there, is there a checklist to kind of help people see, you know, am I legitimately burned out or is it just mentally I feel overwhelmed because of whatever's going on in the world or with my life? So yes, there is a, a, a checklist and um, actually dumpheadtrash.com, go to resources and there's an overview on there. Well, there's a white paper actually on burnout and our findings and, and even a test where you can start to see with overall, Brett, what, what you see is that there's a, a sense of emotional exhaustion, a, a sense that mm. of serious dissatisfaction in every aspect, like it's, it's not just in one place. The other thing is that a feeling of, of not being productive. Like, mm. you know, I'm not, I don't feel productive in my work. I don't feel productive in my life. I'm, you know, and so there's this kind of um, helplessness of it. And what's happened, um, what we have observed, is that a lot of people change jobs. And that was called the great resignation, which is started to shift out because what happened is that if you didn't deal with, you know, head trash triggers burnout, it starts to rise. And if you don't get a handle on your head trash, so, you know, head trash becomes the quality of the questions you're asking. So if you're asking questions like, you know, why isn't my job more satisfying and, you know, or things that keep you in that disconnected side, the quality of your life, you have to shift into questions like, so what is it that I'm liking about my job? What is it that I want more of in my life? Mm. Um, who do I want to be right now? Like, that's a great question when, like, as a parent, like, and the, and the kids are going nuts and you're like, you want to get into your command and control and, you know, the, because I said so is really sounding like something, even though your parents may have said it, now it sounds good. But when you say, who do I want to be right now? It decreases that emotional stress. And what's happened is we haven't gained those tools to help decrease the emotional stress, which allows us to shift. So first we have to own it. Then we have to have the tools to shift it. And we call those shift questions. There are also a lot of them available mm -hmm. at dumpheadtrash.com. What we do with dumpheadtrash.com is like there's everything is there and it's free and we don't sell your name. We don't do anything with it. It's more about how do we help people get to the right side of their brain where they have their personal power again. And so what we saw with burnout and then the Great Recession is that people shifted, but they, they shifted their job. They didn't shift their mindset. Mm. So they still were tired. They still were annoyed with people in the world. They were, you know, what's happening? You know, then you pile up, you know, Omicron happened. And then you pile up, you know, a war that we're in. That's a pretty significant war. You know, we got kind of numb to the war in Afghanistan. And, yeah, you know, yeah. there's like a lot of, so the, the escalation continued. 
And we didn't know that we have to decrease emotional stress so we can get to productive action. And um, this is what's happened, you know, a lot with now people are in a new job, but they're not any more satisfied because they haven't dealt with their own realities in, in today's yeah. world. And, and you can. But a couple of things to remember is that the quality of your life is about the quality of the questions you ask. Because I always say F comes before T. I feel the way I think. Well, my thoughts come from the, the, the way I'm looking at the world. So it could be those imprints that we talked about mm-hmm. initially, but it can also be just stuff around us. Like, you know, for me, when I'm around negative people, I, I can't take it. Now, some people just become negative. For me, I just, I just die on the vine. I just am like, I've got to get away. It sucks everything out of me. And so we have to learn that we can change our environment to shift. Mm. We can change the people we hang with because who you hang with, you become, right? And then we can also use questions to help us shift. And those questions, um, you know, why is this happening? Keeps me in the disconnected side of my emotional brain. But what's the first thing I can do to make the situation improve? Yeah. Shifts me into productive action. So, but we got to, you know, literally people say to me, well, how do I use these shift questions? I'm like, yeah, memorize them because the other questions are stuck questions and you memorize those so you can memorize shift question. Mm. Um, you know, uh, you, you, you talk about emotions and I, I really feel just as an observer out there and, and I certainly went down that road as well. Uh, I feel like people are just so wrapped up in their emotions and so reactive to the world around them. And whenever we're in that state, we just, you know, we, we cannot make the right decisions or not even right or wrong. We just, we're not thinking clearly, you know, we're not mm-hmm. able to think through the problem, whatever it is, and make a decision that supports that. And I feel like so many people are just, um, it's like a knee jerk, this knee jerk reactivity the whole time. And I mean, if you take a look at the world around us, I almost feel like it's um, uh, like it's it's being constructed in that way. Um, you know, we've got notifications all the time. We've got to stay on top of all of these different stories and stuff is happening the whole time. And, uh, you know, as, as I might have mentioned before, definitely people who have listened to the show more than uh, a few times will know um, in my own personal journey, just unplugging from a lot of that stuff. And, you know, you mentioned changing your environment. Uh, you know, changing changing your immediate environment can often be a little bit more challenging, but changing the environment and what's coming in through, through your senses, we have the power to make those changes. And uh, I think if we're bombarded with negativity and information overload on a daily basis, um, that's, you know, obviously going to be, be wreaking havoc on, on our outlook uh, to, to some degree. Um, so what in your, so these questions that you have, do you have any favorites? That like do you if you had to, if you had to pick five out of all of them, uh, or, and I know it's hard, but I'm putting you on the spot yeah. here. Yeah. So my favorite question is who do I want to be right now? Because like all of a sudden I'm it's self reflective. Like ooh, like I'm either throwing someone in their disconnected side, or I'm taking a stand that is maybe super aggressive. You know, I find that's a great question when politics comes up these days (laughs) because there's a lot of divisiveness uh, uh, down here in the States on politics. Everywhere. Uh, Don't worry. It's all over. That's true. That's true. I shouldn't. That is actually very true. Um, the, The second, another question I love is what matters most now? Mm. 
And I love this in my relationships because sometimes, you know, when I like, I'm petty about something, you know, and I'm like, what matters most now? Like, Hey, you know, and that gets me to, you know, that love matters most and that my, the people I, I care for, um, whether it's clients or, um, friends or of course home and my family and my grandchild, you know, what matters most now? And that helps me be very present with people. Mm. You know, I don't get caught in my electronic world that I am easily sucked into. Like I can get sucked into that. And how do I want to, you know, how do I want to, you know, be in, at this time? So what matters most now is a great question. I also love when I am stuck on, you know, the tape is running and it's like, why did this person do this? And why did this happen? And, you know, you know, what were they thinking? And all these kind of pretty, it throws me into judgment of other people. I always want to um, go to what's the first thing I can do to improve this, this situation. What's the Love first it. thing I can do? Because it, it just gets me moving towards a you know productive uh, approach. And you know, and then of course, based on the situations, it's you know, um, how can I help is a great question. Um, so you know, this is a great question. Going back to your kids, you can even you can say to them, okay, so how can I help you feel better right now? Yeah. Yeah. And that naturally will shift the energy. And it also puts the onus on them to go, you know, I just want my snack. Okay. So let's, let's talk about snack. And then, you know, oh, when I get home before I leave, like my grandson is four, adorable. But when he comes to the house, there's so many things here at our home that, you know, we have his station for his desk and we have, he knows where his puzzles are. But when he gets there, there's always this little snack. It's, you know, his blueberries and his almonds. And, and it's in a little free thing, little glass three thing. And he takes, he knows how to take off the plastic. And he knows that this, and he, by the way, is an I must be comfortable in a big way. <laughs> God's joke on me. Like I have them everywhere. But, um, but that's the hardest one for me to, to, uh, to work beside. And, but it helps him settle in. And he knows exactly. And people tease me because I have everything set up for him, but it decreases the stress and he's so happy and it's so easy. Now he's a happy chappy anyway. So I probably, you know, but even like when we pick him up from school, it's like, you know, how can I help you? Um, and it's a great question when we work beside someone because they're stressed out and we look at them and we just go, oh, they're stressed, man. Like as if mm -hmm. we're lovely when we're stressed, you know? <laughs> I'm not lovely when I'm stressed. I don't think and anyone so is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so when I say, you know, how can I help you right now? They're like, it, they, it, it flips the switch. Uh, so there are a handful of questions for you yeah. um, that I, they're my go-to questions. Yeah. And I love that because, um, you know, I, one thing I learned a long time ago, I, I did an energy medicine apprenticeship and uh, the, the doctor that I was working with um, had so just so much training and education. And I think she was like 35 or 40 years in practice at the time. And she she always said, you know, ask what questions instead of why. And uh, and so what I'm hearing from you is what and also how, right? So because people will tend to sort of say why, you know, so why questions are very confrontational, right? So why did you do that? Why didn't you do that? 
why don't you like it? Why, you know, and so it kind of like really creates a lot of tension. Whereas um, how can I help or what can we do to improve the situation? Those are, they tend to be more constructive um, type of phrases or at least beginning uh, beginnings of sentences. Let's put it that way. Um, which is cool. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. Yeah, I, I like absolutely. That. So think about this question. We ask children, why are you crying? And when we do that, we keep them in the disconnected side because when they're crying, they're just expressing their frustration, their fear, whatever it is that's going on. And it's on the disconnected side. Mm. So when we ask the wrong question, we actually put them deeper into the disconnected side. So we go, why are you crying? And they're like, and it tends to escalate to your yeah. point, you know, versus, you know, so what, what is it that we can do so you feel a little better? Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I mean, it just, especially with, with where people are at these days, um, I feel like these types of tools and this type of info is just so critical because it's very easy for us to just react from that, um, you know, uh, the, the reptilian brain or the knee jerk mm -hmm. type of, uh, type of responses. It's very easy. I mean, that's the default for most people. And, uh, once you pull yourself out of that, um, you know, you start to see, their relationships, um, whether they're work relationships, intimate relationships, whatever it is, but you really start to see the world around you actually change in response to the way that you are um, conducting yourself. And uh, I certainly experienced that as well, um, which is which is nice. And you know, I'm a work in progress, that's for sure. I think we all are. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, having information and tools like this uh, are, are really awesome. And um, on that high note, I think let's wrap up our conversation today. Um, you mentioned the website. What was it? Dump, dumpheadtrash.com. Is that right? That's correct. Dumpheadtrash.com. Okay. If you click on resources, there are the shift questions are there. The also, I think the stuck questions are there. So you know you're you're you know you're consciously incompetent on what the question is there. Uh, the burnout research and white papers there, and then a ton of resources on how to shift over to the connected side of your emotional brain. Awesome. Well, I love that and um, appreciate the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for um, carving out some time and joining me on the show today. Um, I will obviously put any links that you, um, you know, that you want to share. We'll, that'll be in the show notes for people. Um, any final words from your side or anything else that we perhaps didn't cover before I let you go? Oh, well. There's so much to cover when it comes to head trash, but, you know, I think the biggest thing that I have learned through learning how to manage my own head trash, um, at, which I have to do every day, it's not like I've eliminated head trash. That would be really, you know, they need a pill for that, I think. So uh, <laughs> a, a holistic pill, though. Um, so but um, is really that when we understand how to shift, we take back our personal power. And when we have our own sense of power, then all of a sudden we find happiness and joy. You know, we don't, we feel like we have control and that really changes how we experience life. Mm, love it. And uh, thank you so much for that final piece of advice and uh, for joining me on the show today. And for everyone else who's tuned in, um, thank you as always for your support, for listening in. And uh, please be sure to share this with your friends, your family, your community, and help me to get more um, awesome guests like Rini on the show. And uh, let's um, keep moving forward in a positive direction. Let's empower people and, uh, yeah, um, change behavior, I guess, is what we're trying to do. So thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Brett. It was great to be here. And for everyone else out there, um, you have a beautiful day wherever you are. Thank you. Thank you.